Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Pulse Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 21st, and yes, we're going to talk about baseball. I know my voice is a little different. I'm a little sick today. My, I just, everything feels dampened when I talk, but we're going to have an NPR podcast then, so it's going to be great. George Kirby, seven innings pitch, zero and runs, four hits, zero walks, and 10 strikeouts, 20 whiffs, 37% CSW. You'd love to see that. The thing is, it's not on the secondaries. It was 12 swings, so 12 whiffs on the, uh, on the fastballs. Just, just ridiculous. It was 12 on the forcing between the sinker and then six on his secondaries. Not it. And it's interesting. We saw the gif of the splitter on Pitching Ninja. And we thought, oh, cool. He's got that now. No, that was the only whiff he earned. He threw five of them. So George Kirby to me isn't different, unfortunately. Uh, It was a nice start. It was great. I'm super happy for it. But he's not going to be a seven inning, 10 strikeout guy. He still has a 21.7% strikeout rate for the year. And that's including this one. So I don't think he really turned a corner with it. It was just the, the he squeezed out the most with what he has. But honestly, like the slider is really good in the zone. It gets a call a ton of called strikes. It's exactly what you wanted to see. And it does make this the fastball better. It's just I want something that is legitimately another whiff pitch instead of the fastball. When guys are timed to the fastball in two strikes, he doesn't have another offering. I say this all the time. When I'm watching at bats, especially for those YouTube breakdowns, and if you're not watching those, the one I did for you, Darvish, yesterday was so good. I, I really think that's like the best video I've done all year is that one on you, Darvish. It was just super fun and uh, break, broke down everything. But I but I, I want to emphasize that you see two strike counts and you see how batters make a decision of whether they are going to get beat on the fastball or they're not going to let themselves get beat on the fastball, and that means they're going to recover for the breaking balls, or they're looking for a breaking ball, and they trust that they can recover enough to foul off a fastball. And with George Kirby, generally, they will always sit for the fastball, and if Kirby doesn't have something he can confidently throw out of the zone and get a whiff on, then it's going to make it harder in those two strike counts to put him away. Does that make sense? Cool. Andrew Abbott went yesterday, eight innings, zero and runs, one hit, two walks, and six strikeouts against the Giants. Got the win. This is great. And this was the best I've seen him all year. All the other stuff, all the 12 strike games. No, 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 no. This was the best. Why? Because the sweeper and the four-seamer were amazingly separated. Up and in for uh, four-seamers, down and away for sweepers. Well, that's it. If you can do this, this is great. I don't know if I can, though, but... I loved this. And I know six strikeouts in eight innings. You're like, Nick, he had 12 strikeout game. I get it. But what Andrew Abbott did here is more sustainable if he can continue to execute this, right? The other games, I feel like he was kind of whatever and, and stumbled to that. This is actually like he deserved it. And this is really cool and exciting. I, I don't know if that's going to stick around, but it was also fastball curveball initially. Now it's his fastball sweeper more. Kind of cool. All right, uh, Corbin Burns, uh, as you can hear, my voice is very weird. Looks like an ace once again, right? Eight innings, zero and runs, two hits, one walk, and 10 strikeouts, 15 whiffs, 35% CSW. 
That's two aces gonna ace worthy starts. Am I ready to just push him in there? I don't know yet. I probably need to wait one more or two. What was very interesting about this, the cutter was just three for 55 on whiffs, which is kind of weird. And for me, if Corbin Burns is going to be that legitimate ace, I really need to see that pocket of just the low cutters, arm side and down, right? That like down, right on the edge. That wasn't this. This was a game of the curveball being so, so good. 62% CSW on the night, which is absolutely insane. I would just be happy with 62% strikes. So that would obviously work. The, the the question I have is, I mean, I've been saying the entire season, I need secondaries to show up for Corbin Burns, and here it is, and how could I be upset? Well, that's not going to stick around. Right? Like, that's just stupid, and that's not going to stick around. We'd be happy with a 35% CSW. So I... It feels like not a sustainable game. Thus, I don't want to give him the aces going to ace yet. Probably one or two more starts, and we'll see what happens. Um, but obviously, we just keep starting Corbin Burns. Michael Lorenzen did great things against Kansas City. Got the win. That's great. Like, you see Michael Lorenzen against a weak matchup. You start him. Against the uh, the Angels, I don't really know. I feel like it's going to not last here with Lorenzen. Uh, and I'm going to probably say that is a top of questionable start. Um, if you want to roll with it in the bottom of probable by all means you do you uh chris bassett against the dodgers sorry not the dodgers the padres did exactly what he was supposed to do six innings of zero and runs forwards one walk in five k's and that's really cool um we just keep starting bassett uh jp france did what he was supposed to do against the athletics also through 35 percent change-ups which is kind of weird normally don't see that but seven innings of one and run seven base runners five k's cool stuff michael kopech did well against the mets i did not expect this one 5.2 innings of one earned run, two hits, four walks, and five Ks. Obviously, the four walks and 23% called strike rate on his four seamers without many whiffs is strange. Um, yeah, and the, the, the slider and the changeup were just so bad. They were really, really just so bad. So I do not believe in Kopech from this one. I feel like he got away with one. Steven Matz, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Against the Cubs, got the win. Five innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, six Ks. Yes. Yes, we saw that great start from him before. Then he had a bad one. I was thinking, no, I think his stuff is better. But I also remembered I was saying that a ton in April and May, and I had that anxiety about it, but I still wanted to go with it. I'm super happy this one worked out. Um, he's still at 95. It's like 94.7, not 95, but that's totally fine with me um, on that singer as he elevates with focus on it. And the changeup was huge at 54% CSW. It wasn't as low as I wanted it to be, but he got a lot of call strikes with it. It worked out really well. The curveball was terrible. Uh, really, really just not good. And I really do want to see that proper Blake Snell blueprint for me to feel better about Matt's moving forward. Um, but uh, so like he gets the Diamondbacks next. I don't know if I actually really want to start him there, but he does get the Cubs in two weeks. I feel like we're still Cherry Bomb-esque with Steven Matz at the moment, but I kind of like it. And I just want to see that command and that pitch separation a little bit more first. Blake Snell against the Jays. Five innings, one earned run, five hits, three, seven walks in four Ks. I know. Seven walks from Blake Snell is ridiculous, but he's still at 18 whiffs. And it's kind of crazy. When you're hot, you're hot in the sense that when you're terrible, you still only allow one earned run. 12 base runners in five innings in one earned run. That's just absolutely ridiculous to see a higher whip than your ERA uh, in this fashion where you actually allow a run. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's... It was just a start where the fastballs were out of the zone. He didn't get the chases on the curveballs down. The slider just did not get anything. Changeup was okay, but 
not nearly as good as we've seen. It was really just a terrible outing from Snell. And he still had 18 whiffs. Like, that's the world. He gets the Pirates next, so we're just going to keep going there. Ace is going to ace for Tyler Glasnow. He just did exactly what he was supposed to do. Curveball was really good. Got 9 out of 28 whiffs. Slider's got strikes. And as long as those two things happen, he's going to be great. Doesn't matter what the fastball really does. It won't be so bad. It would just be much better because those two things are doing what they're supposed to do. We have a lot of other guys to talk about. And I'm also going to give you today, tomorrow's, and I'll give a look at Sunday as well um, and all of that stuff after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hogan Harris against the Astros, six innings, two and runs, four hits, three walks, zero walks, sorry, and six Ks, 16 whiffs, 39% CSW. What? Against the Astros? He got the loss, but that's a King Cole for the night. The highest CSW of anyone. He got obviously got the gold star, which is also really weird is that this wasn't good command. This was like all in the middle of the zone. The fastball was actually down 1.4 ticks, but it earned seven over 40 whiffs. 38% CSW. I mean, a lot of called strikes, but what? His changeup wasn't really like well spotted. 50% CSW. What on earth? This was like the strangest start of the night by far to me. This is not something that is sustainable to me. No. Uh, I think it's a trap play against the Giants next because of that. Pablo Lopez did well against the Mariners. Great to see that rebound from him. Five innings, two and in runs, six hits, two walks, seven Ks. Velocity was up again to nearly 96. Really good pitch separation. I love this guy. Uh, the changeup isn't the old pitch. It's you know it's kind of funny. Pablo Lopez and Luis Castillo, they're both doing great things for new teams, but if they had their old changeups, I mean, oh my gosh. Jose Quintana came back from the IL, five innings, two and runs, six hits, zero walks, and three Ks. It was a still little to me. I didn't really trust that the command would be there. And honestly, the command was better than I expected. He generally did what he wanted to do. Not as much separation in the bottom of the zone, but he did keep his eyes, uh, his, his secondaries down. Sinkers were there too, while the four seamer did go upstairs. So that is good, but he is a tick down, and I do kind of feel like this wasn't that overwhelming and great and uh this was the white Sox, and you don't really have many things outside the zone for the white Sox to chase to be fair um the yankees are next and that's a terrible offense and jose Quintana could do well there i don't know i feel like he's a toby at best jose Quintana, and i feel like it's still a risky moment for him zach granke against the tigers four innings two earned runs four hits two walks one strikeout how am i supposed to butter my bread with this i mean that's Zach Greinke. I'm, I'm just happy he's still pitching again. I mean, hopefully can give him a proper farewell. Um, Zach Gallen against Atlanta. This was a crazy game. This was so good for six frames. I mean, it was just pitching bliss with Zach Gallen dominating and then uh, Strider dominating. It was a, it was a one nothing game. And then uh, entering the sixth, uh, Zach Gallen allowed a solo shot. So there's the first round of the game. And then uh, two run shot in the seventh. And... Uh, 
yeah, I mean, that was... Uh, it, it, look, I'm going to say this about Gallon. He hasn't really felt like the guy for a while for me. Um, he had that amazing stretch at the beginning of the year, and even during that, it felt a little strange of just he's not really doing all the things he wants to do. And I even talk about the blueprint of Gallon, right? Being If you're a Gallon gal, that means you're throwing four seamers low for called strikes, and then you're throwing these change-ups and uh, curveballs underneath that at an elite rate. He hasn't doing that. You know, he just hasn't been doing that. Um, which is strange. I mean, this was this was four seamers more upstairs. Uh, and getting called strikes there, I guess, ish. While the curveball did get a 43% CSW, but it wasn't really sharp as it was. Also, Savant like completely changed what they're calling everything. It's not a knuckle curve anymore, it's just a normal curve. It's not a cutter, it's a slider now. I don't know. It, it's he's doing more of the Blake Snell blueprint in this one than he is the gallon gal. And yeah, no, that's not what I want. I mean, maybe it could work, but it's just not has what has worked. I don't know. Ellen is just strange to me at the moment. Uh, and I hate when I when guys are strange. Kyle Gibson against the Rays. Six innings, three and runs, seven hits, two walks, eight Ks. Look, he got a very poor quality start against the Rays with eight strikeouts, 19 whiffs, 38% CSW. What? If you try to predict what, um, what Gibson is going to do, good luck. I mean, the secondaries were phenomenal. Uh, 50% CSW on the sweepers. Uh, 43% uh, on the changeup and eight six over 18 curveball whiffs. That's insane. Sinker had 40% called strikes. Like, we just don't know if this is any way sustainable. Not to mention, DeRay's still hitting for 4.5 ERA and nine base runners, right? A 1.5 whip. Like, that's still not good. Uh, so, so yeah, not not a fun time there. Um, it's just, I, I just think you just avoid Gibson, but then you can say, oh, two of the last three. Yeah, but then it's a very small sample. Spencer Strider on the other side of that Zach Gallen game, by the way, had six innings of shutout ball, right? 13 strikeouts, shutout ball. And what does he do? He allows two base runners. Uh, and then he allows one base runner, then at an 0-2 count, hits the guy up and in on a fastball. Next guy up and in fastball is amazing pitch. Hits a three-run shot. And so usually at that point, you pull the guy. But no, he goes one more batter, and then he allows another home run. And I, it's so rare to see a quality start with zero earned runs after six frames get lost because t- typically teams will pull them before four base runners are allowed, right? When three base runners are allowed after six innings, you get pulled, right? So that's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, Gallows pull 26 whiffs. It's so funny. The, the reason that we get really obsessed with whiffs and strikeouts and you see these weird earned runs because if you get all the strikeouts... Just think of the sample size then of balls in play and what that means of like base runners and everything of just, it's just so much harder for the offense. You have fewer, fewer outs to be able to do things, right? But putting balls in play is a good thing to do as a hitter. And it just means that for you, if you strike out all the time, then you just have fewer outs in play to take chances for getting hits and stuff. So it's why it's like we are able to look past the ERA and the, uh, just be like, no, that's just terrible luck, which it is uh, when you're a massive strikeout guy. Um, Tywin Walker against the Brewers, six innings, four and runs, six hits, two walks, six Ks, eight whiffs, 25% CSW, 102 pitches. It, it's Taiwan magic still. I, I know this was the Brewers and not really the ratios you wanted at all. He got a loss. 35% CSW sinker, splitter that went 67% strikes and the cutter that was whatever. Um, it's, it's also strange to me. It could work out against Orioles next. I don't really want to do it. By the way, Strider, he's almost at 200 strikeouts already. It's 189. 
He's going to break his record from last year of fastest to 200 strikeouts. That's that's just absolutely insane. I, and I have so many regrets of not making Strider higher up on my list <laughs> in the preseason. <laughs> I mean, I really should. I mean, I don't know. I understand why I didn't. I talked about it a week ago, but oh my gosh, that's just absolutely mental. Uh, Marcus Stroman did not do well against the Cardinals. 3.2 innings, 4 and runs, 7 hits, 4 walks, 4 Ks. And I imagine a lot of you are just super worried. What do we do with Stroman now? He's been such a good rock for us the entire year. And uh, you keep pressing on. Don't worry. Every pitcher has these valleys. Every single one the entire season. Marcus Stroman is a guy who has always like been really good or sometimes bad and like gone up and down a bit. Like He's experienced it all. It's It's fine. He's fine. Um, Alex Cobb against the the Reds. This is oh man, I hate this. I hate that I, this was correct. I'm happy that at least I made a point to everyone here so that we can really think about this moving forward and play the probabilities better. Where once again we had Alex Cobb. He has the old skill that is lost. That is splitters for whiffs. He has a new skill, uh, sliders for strikes. That has been supporting the missing of the old skill, right? Because the new skill showed up, it's made it so that those old skill missing isn't a big issue. What happens more often than not, and I was saying it before the start because this was a terrible outing, 4.1 innings of 5 earned runs, 9 hits, 4 walks, and 0 Ks, is that before the old skill returns, the new skill slows down. The new skill falters before the old skill returns. So you're going to get a blow up then. And that's what happened here. Uh, the splitter was just two out of 29 whiffs and the slider just was thrown six times and was shelved. And that meant that was just pretty much sinkers and uh, curveballs. I mean, there was a lot of splitters that weren't whiffs and those were balls in play and those weren't good. And he didn't have the slider for the, for the walk, for the strikes to prevent the walks. Like that's what happens more times than not. So it doesn't mean that now it's done right? You just need more time for the splitter to come back and maybe the slider returns, but this is also a bad matchup against the Reds. I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, abandoning Cobb. I mean, he gets the athletics next. We're going to keep going with that, but it's just an important point I really want to make about the general nature of, is this new thing going to be okay? Or should we still be concerned that the old thing is gone? And we should be more concerned that the old thing is gone. Um, so, you know, I, I often get too optimistic about like, oh, he has this new skill and then it's going to be even better when the old skill returns and has a still new skill. No, it's more likely that the new skill falters and the old skill is gone. Okay, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. Uh, today, we have Fran Valdez, Joe Ryan, Shoei Otani, Zach Eflin, Justin Steele, and Kodai Senga. All those are out of starts. Kodai Senga has just gone too many strikeouts that I feel like if you have him, you're just going to start him. In the probable start here, you have Clark Schmidt against the Royals. That is a very clear good start. Uh, you have uh, Seth Lugo against the Tigers. I love that one. You have uh, Lance Lynn against the Twins. I feel like, yeah, this is good. A much better matchup for him. Jack Flaherty against the Cubs. Feels pretty safe. Then it gets kind of interesting. Gavin Williams against the Phils. The Phils aren't scaring me so much. And Gavin Williams is really killing it with upstairs four-seamers. I hope he develops the new skill of uh, breaking balls low uh, and actually does the Blake Snell blueprint. But he has that that skill of the, the four-seamers. And I love that. Freddie Peralta gets the gets Atlanta. And that's scary, but Freddie Peralta is looking so 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 good, and I feel like he just got to do that. Bryce Miller against the Jays is a tough one, and the other ones here are not that exciting. So I feel like I'm just going to go with Bryce Miller. But yeah, that could be one you want to avoid. Same with Michael Soroka. Uh, he gets the Brewers, so I feel like that's kind of safe. But like he's not quite locked in. Braxton Garrett has been off the last three starts with his command across the board. Alec Marsh just had 11 strikeouts. It is the Yankees. 
but we just I didn't really bite into that Alec Marsh start, so I don't know. And Yusei Kikuchi throws breaking balls a lot now, which is generally very good against the Mariners. However, it's in the zone, not out of the zone. So is that going to actually go so well against the Mariners? We'll see. Questionable start here. JP Sears has been doing great, but it's Houston, so I don't know if I really want to do that. Reese Olsen gets the Padres. That could work out. The changeup hasn't been there, though, and yeah, it could work out. I kind of like it, but we'll see. Uh, Yohan Aviedo against the Angels. He just had a really good outing, but I think it's because of foul balls, and you can't depend on foul balls returning. Um, that prevented his four-seamer being hit in play. Instead, it was out of play, and that's good. Um, Kyle Bradish against the Rays. He's been so good on the sliders. Great, but it's the Rays. Cutter Crawford is now going not James Paxton against the Mets. He just had a really good strikeout game, uh, but the Mets are kind of heating up a little bit, and uh, Cutter Crawford, I don't know if I really buy the the cutter that he had last time, despite his name. I'll make that joke every time. Uh, Andrew Heaney against the Dodgers versus Tony Gonsolin against Texas. In Texas, yeah, both of those are very volatile to me. So, you know, I understand you're chasing a win with Gonsolin, you're chasing strikeouts with Heaney. Uh, we both, we just don't know what we're going to get there. Do not start Jake Irvin as his velocity came down as curveball was gone last time. Uh, Alex Wood is on the other side of that one um, as he goes against the Nationals and maybe he goes five innings, but I don't care. Um, Tommy Henry against the Reds. He's not throwing a slider, so I don't want to buy this. Um, Ranger Suarez has hit the Vargas rule a while ago, uh, three starts ago, and we have not seen signs of recovering, so I don't want somebody against the Guardians. Peter Lambert's going against Miami, in Miami at least, but no thank you. And Ben Lively's, maybe I'm underrating Ben Lively a little bit, but the Dimebacks are good, and I just haven't really seen the amazing slider um, take over like for like 30%, 35% usage uh, in a while. Looking forward to tomorrow's games, Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Kevin Galsman, Logan Webb, uh, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler are all very clear auto starts to me. Logan Webb's fourth against the Nationals as he's trying to get his aces going to ace tag. Uh, James Paxton gets the Mets. I'm very much for that. He allowed a grandson last time. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, Reed Demers gets the Pirates. Absolutely ignore the other two starts against the Dodgers and the Astros. Pirates, amazing. Uh, Dylan Cease against the Twins. Hopefully the Velocity's there, the, still there. Sonny Gray gets the White Sox. And that's kind of a really nice matchup for a guy who relies so heavily on O-Swing in Sonny Gray. So that's cool. And Logan Gilbert is going against the Jays, which is a little annoying because the fastball and the splitter haven't really been there, but you still do it even though it's the Jays. Problems are tier. I don't like any of these, but I feel like if you have them, you're going to do it. So like Tanner Bybee against the Phillies, that's fine, but I am a little concerned about his overall command. You have Christian Javier against the Athletics. So if you have Javier, all right, you're going to start him against the Athletics and hope for the best. But Bobby Miller gets the Rangers. And I kind of feel like Bobby Miller was looking so good before the knee discomfort. And as long as the knee is totally fine, they're like, yeah, you're going off. It's it's okay. You're you're going to start and it's fine. Okay. Then I hope the curveball is as good as it was last time because it was amazing. And as long as he's getting strikes on that, I think he can still do really, really well against the Rangers. Questionable start here. You have Matt Manning as our streaming play against the Padres. I feel like Matt Manning isn't really someone that has the skills that are, are actually demanding the success he's had lately. But all right, I guess against the Padres. I don't like any of these. Miles Michaelis against the Cubs, maybe, but I, I really don't like Michaelis. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez wasn't as uh, refined as I want him to be in his last start. He gets the raise now. I feel like this is a sit. Uh, same with Brady Singer. He's a cherry bomb, but it is the Yankees, so maybe that does work. And Dane Dunning is doing ridiculous things and it should come to an end very soon. And he gets the Dodgers, and I just don't really want to do that. Um, and the do not start tiers more that are just less believable, right? Josiah Gray, just don't do it. It's fall the Bido has some upside, but don't do it against the Angels. Brandon Williamson, maybe six innings, but I think like this is just destructive for you against the Diamondbacks. Drew Smiley hasn't gotten his curveball down. 
Uh, I don't want to start him until he gets that thing working again. Uh, Paul Blackburn has been terrible against the Astros. Alan, Alan Winnens is a very sneaky play here. Um, he's coming up for the for Atlanta, and he's going against the Brewers. What does he do? Allen throws fastballs around 89 and change, but hopefully around 20% of the time, 25%. That's four seamers and sinkers. And instead, uh, it's a lot of change-ups and curveballs down. And the change-up, from what I've seen uh, from his last three starts in Savant, which is pretty much what I do, I don't really look at the entirety of it. I just say, like, what are you doing the last three times you pitched in AAA? And he's throwing these change-ups down. Two starts were amazing. The last one was a little bit too reliant on four seamers. I really like the idea of Winnens being like a just huge change-up curveball guy and then relying on sneaky fastballs inside the zone. That could actually work in the majors. Um and considering he does feel like a command guy already, that might work uh, against the Brewers, but I don't want to do it. It's, it's just a very sneaky, likely a spot start for Allen as Max Fried is ramping up and probably needs one more game before he returns to rotation in the spot. Um, Adrian Hauser against Atlanta on the other side just chucks fastballs and hopes for the best, and this is the Braves, so no, thank you. Um, Ryan Weathers against Detroit, maybe he goes five, six innings of production, but Ryan Weathers just does not do good things. And Tyler Gilbert against the Reds, is he even going to go enough? And if he does, it's Cincinnati. I mean, no. Uh, and the Marlins and, and the Rockies are also, I don't know what they're doing in that start, both starters. With Colorado, obviously, whoever it is, you don't do it. There's, on roster resources, says Yuri Perez, which I do not believe. I don't. Uh, I've seen nothing about it. The way I go is you got to trust Craig Mish. Craig Mish has said nothing about it. If he said nothing about it, I don't believe it. It would be the first day I believe that Perez would be eligible to return. And it just doesn't make sense. I, I imagine it's because Yuri Perez is the number one ranked SP uh, um, option in roster resource. And he hasn't pitched within the last three, four days. So it might be automatic that it's him. But uh, I don't think that's going to be him at all. If you're making any sort of roster decision on that, it would shock me that the Marlins would only push him down for two weeks. That just doesn't seem like enough of a limitation um, for what they want to do with Yuri Perez. Looking forward to Sunday. I'm just going to go through all the all the teams quickly and just give you my quick thoughts about, not a straight, straight ranking, but just what tier I'd put them in. Tyler Wells against the Rays. Oh man, that's a, such a tough one after his clunker. I'd say probable. It's been a case where we can't just give up on Wells right now. Um, it's not auto start. It's the Rays and all, and he just comes off the clunker, but I think you still got to do a probable bottom of that. Nick Pavetta against the Mets is unquestionable. Uh, he just had an amazing game. Um, but he's volatile all the time, so he's top of questionable. Luis Severino against the Royals. Oh, man, I kind of want to do it at the bottom of probable because he got nine whiffs on his cutter and his slider. Uh, Do I like him or Tyler Wells more? I like Tyler Wells more, so I'm going to say, do I like Pavetta or Severino more? Oh, man. I'm going to say Pavetta more, so it's going to be near the top of questionable for Severino. Taj Bradley against Baltimore is a probable start. Uh, Manoa against uh, Mariners is funny. My initial instinct was like, oh man, Manoa, of course, against Mariners. No. All right, no, absolutely bench. <laughs> do not do Manoa. He is so, so lost. Uh, Lucas Giolito against the Twins is an auto start. Logan Allen against the Phils is a probable start. Tarek Skubal against the Padres, a probable start. Yes, I know. He just got destroyed. Don't care. Fastball's still really good. Probable start. Um, Jordan Lyles against the Yankees. No, thank you. Bailey Ober against the White Sox. Auto start. Like, why would you bench Bailey Ober at this moment? Uh, Hunter Brown against uh, the Athletics. Auto start. I know he's been kind of weird, but like, it's Athletics. Like, you, you do that. 
Um, Tyler Anderson against Pittsburgh. Oh, I guess I'll put that into questionable because, yeah, you'll be allowed to go six innings against the Pirates. Luis Medina, who's been doing some ridiculous whiff things with his curveball and his slider. It's also strange. There was one game of a lot of slider whiffs, and then the last one was sliders and curveballs, more curveballs. What? There's nothing consistent here, and uh, it's Houston, so do not start. Brian Wu is in questionable. No. Bottom of probable. Uh, Brian Wu had one bad game. I'm not ready to just say, like, Bryce Miller. I'm putting Bryce Miller as a probable start. I'm going to put Brian Wu as a probable start if he's getting that start. I kind of thought that the Mariners would use this as the time to um, demote him and, and save some innings, but they also probably think, like, this is a tough game and we need a guy like him to, to do well, so... That might be what they're doing. Uh, Martin Perez against the Dodgers is a do not start. Bryce Elder against the Brewers is a questionable start. Yeah, I mean, he's just a streamer at this point. Um, Jesus Lazardo against Rocky Road is an auto start. Carlos Carrasco against the Red Sox. Uh, bottom of questionable. There's a chance that he does well there. So, all right. Um, Aaron Nola is an auto start against the Guardians. Mackenzie Gore against the Giants is a questionable start because he's a cherry bomb. We don't know what he's going to do with his arsenal. James Antonio against the Cardinals is debatably a do not start. I'd say probably bottom of questionable because, again, he's able to go six innings, and if he has good enough command, that can be fine. So, okay. Uh, Luke Weaver against the Diamondbacks, do not start. Julio Tehran against Atlanta's former squad, do not start. Mitch Keller against the Angels is a probable start. Um, probably top of it. Uh, Jordan Montgomery against the Cubs is a probable start, if not an auto start. I mean, like, why would you bench Jordan Montgomery at this point, I think? Uh, we don't know who's going for the Diamondbacks on Sunday. I hope Merrill Kelly's okay, but it seems like he's going in the middle of next week. Um, whoever that is, I don't really think there's someone that interesting that you'd want, so that's going to be the bottom of it. Chase Anderson's my in Miami for the Rockies. No, thank you. Uh, Emmett Sheen against the Rangers is a, the bottom of questionable. I mean, there's a chance that works, but you don't want to do it. Uh, Joe Musgrove is an obvious auto start against the Tigers, and Anthony Descafani against the Nationals. Ugh. Is he even going to go five innings, six innings? Are they going to let him do that? Bottom of questionable, maybe top of do not. Yeah, one of those two. I got to decide if I believe that Anthony Escafani will be allowed to go 75, 80 pitches. I think he will. It's all right. So it'll be bottom of questionable there. All right. That is it for today. Uh, I hope that was helpful. Enjoy your weekend. Happy Friday. Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. It's amazing. Um, has all these amazing breakdowns of everybody. Uh, thanks for enduring my worst voice uh, today. Uh, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your battles be low and your strikeouts high.